You are on Line of Sight, a War Machine and Hordes podcast for new and experienced players, sponsored by Broken Egg Games. And welcome to episode 153 of Line of Sight. My name is Jaden, and I'm here with Brett again. <laughs> no, no, the, no, we didn't forget anything. Nope, nope, not at all. Um, and uh, we are also here with our our friends from Blightbringers today. We've got Ryan and Tyrone here. Hey guys, hello. That's Tyrone. Boy, I'm and Ryan. That, yep, that's Ryan. Uh, uh, yeah, we're, we're we were invited to Line of Sight the, not that long ago. Uh, as a podcast and now we're on the show we're taking it over we're basically <laughs> running it now because if i wasn't here Jaden wouldn't have started recording is that, <laughs> is that what's happening fuck why did nobody tell me we were staging a coup i would have brought the cheetos i mean if you guys so, want the administrative nightmare that is my life sometimes you're more than welcome to it uh you know what that sounds like a lot of work and <laughs> you can just keep it this oh, is okay. tighter security than the capital currently i'm not involved <laughs> Yeah, it's funny because whenever anybody's like, yeah, I'll just take over your podcast, I'm like, do you want my job? Please, <laughs> please do. Yeah, here you go. You can run the next Brawl Machine beta. There, <laughs> Have fun. <laughs> um, anyway. Um, yeah. A segue? <laughs> yeah. I guess so. Uh, I guess that's a reasonable enough segue for news. Um, there, there's a bit, uh, let's start with the stuff that I'm not going to ramble on about for five to 10 minutes. Um, the, the first thing is we've got a whole bunch of podcasts and content creators that we want to plug, uh, real quick at the beginning of the episode here. So we've got, uh, recently we've added midnight Monpod, which is a Monpoc, uh, podcast. We've got brawl machine bios by Malorian, which is just a twice a month. He goes through and he picks a, a caster and he does like a brawl machine breakdown of it, which they're actually pretty cool. He did uh, Osram this last time, which I'm actually quite excited to listen to because that's a caster that I want to play in Brawl Machine. So that'll be fun. Uh, we have Vicarious Competition, which is Michael Ireland. It's a 10 to 15 minute daily podcast about Monpok um, from a competitive standpoint. They're, they're quite good. He's got excellent points. He's making me actually think about Monpok, which is dangerous. <laughs> um, don't do it, Brett. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. You only play games that start with M. Uh, that doesn't help me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we got, let's see, Charge and, Charge and Spike, which is uh, Luis and Jay. They're, they're doing uh, the uh, Warcaster podcast. And then also, uh, pretty quick here, there's going to be a new one that has nothing to do with private press games at all called Secure and Extract that I will be hosting. Uh, it's going to be a twice a month uh, Marvel Crisis Protocol podcast that I'm going to be hosting with uh, Peyton. Man, that escalated so, so quickly. <laughs> so, I mean, we knew this was going to happen, Brett. I'm, <laughs> I'm just buying paint. these models for my brother. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, look at these models I'm painting, you guys. I'm like, well, there goes Jaden. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but, it wasn't, it wasn't even possible. So, but Brett, it worked. I played like 30 games of Marvel Crisis Protocol with my brother over winter break, and I haven't played games with my brother in years because he hasn't ever been interested in my games. <laughs> it was worth it. Even okay. if I'm hooked. Um, so yeah, and uh, other other news other than you know the, the the hordes of content that we've got coming up for you guys. Oh, also we've um we've got 
uh, Field of Fire, Emmanuel's sub brand of line of sight. He's added, I think, four authors to, <laughs> to write about various things. And he's got articles coming up uh, every few days, which has been kind of cool. So go check those out. They're, they're under various blog names under our monster of a website. Yeah, so increasingly unwieldy website. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so basically just like scroll over the game system you're interested in. And if a drop down's there that wasn't a couple weeks ago, there's probably new content there. Um, but there's too much of it for me to actually keep track of anymore. So good luck. <laughs> for example, Blightbringers. <laughs> well, yeah, Blightbringers. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. We keep track so, of ourselves, sort of, kind of. That's good, because I don't have any more brain space to keep track of people. For for a very, very, very long time, we were all like, okay, so here's the way this works. I'm gonna upload all like I'm gonna upload everybody's stuff and I'm not gonna give everybody backdoor access to our website. And in the last three months it's just been like, yeah, here you go. Have permission. Yep, go ahead. Post stuff on it. I don't wanna look at it. Thank you. Um Don't delete everything. Don't delete everything, please. I mean, I've got a backup, but that would suck. That wouldn't be fun. No, no. Um, other news that's not like directly related to, to Line of Sight is that Private Press has the Iron Kingdoms RPG Kickstarter going live on January 26th. And I will be waiting and refreshing the Kickstarter page to hand them my $100 as fast as physically possible on that date. Because, boy, am I excited. Um, I feel like this is a shut up and take my money moment. Yeah. A little bit, yeah. Especially because like, for the first two days, it's 20 bucks cheaper or something like that. So oh, that's a yeah. better deal than their Riot Quest one, at least. Yeah, it's something like that. But for that for that 100 bucks, you get the Monster Nomicon, you get the Iron Kingdom's World Expansion, you get the Witchfire uh, module, and you get a GM screen with all of their like world-building stuff on it. So I'm just kind of like... That's as good of a deal as Wizards of the Coast gives you on Amazon. I think I'm going to jump on this. Are these hardcovers? Did they say? Yeah, they should. They should be. Well, that's yeah. That seems reasonable enough then. And and you get the digital versions too. Yes, you do. So. Ooh. Well, that's also good. Yeah. So I'm I'm very 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 excited about this. Huh. I just really uh, like the uh, Dracodile statue that they put out as like a teaser because my level six party looked at it and were like, we could probably take this. And then we actually started mathing it out and went, oh, no. <laughs> uh, I like the Dracodile, but if it ever sh- sh- like shows up in a campaign that I'm DMing, it's going to get an assault rule that's going to let it like charge and spray and make its attacks because I want it to have that. And I'll be the GM so I can do whatever I want. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's the thing with with, uh, with RPGs, right? Like. They're very flexible. You can basically do whatever you want, which yeah. is kind of cool. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm I'm running Tyranny of Dragons right now for my for my group, and if this all launches before we're done with it, there might be a Storm Knight that just randomly shows up to help fight the, ba- the bad guys at the end. Could happen. It's, it's Dreyfus, right? Dreyfus is there. Uh, I don't Dude's like wacky. Dreyfus very much. He can, he can jump. Yeah. Dimensions. <laughs> Sold. All right. Cool. Dig <laughs> it. You're welcome. I helped. Yeah. Uh, also, um, sure, I'll, I'll throw you in there. Okay. I, I have I have massively re-engineered this campaign, though, uh, and I can't talk about it because my wife's sitting in the room and she's part of the campaign. So, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, it's unfortunate, but it's true. Um, 
So the other thing is, Privateer Press has started writing Brawl Machine Insiders this week. Yeah, what's which, that about? Uh, you know, yeah. So I got approached by by Mike, uh, who's their sort of like marketing person or their like public outreach person or something like that. I'm not sure, exactly sure what his title is. He probably does a lot of things. Um, and he's just like, hey, can we use your Brawl Machine logo and your like website logo? You know, an insider we're going to do here about Brawl Machine. And I was like, yes, please, <laughs> please do that. Um, so they, they published a Brawl Machine or an insider that goes like sort of over what it is. Hungerford did that. And then Doug wrote a Brawl Machine insider about a list that he's built containing nothing but models he sculpted. Yeah, and... Doug wrote an article about himself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fair, that's what we always do. <laughs> it's true. You say that um, like it's a bad thing. No, no, yeah. it's it's fine. And uh, he also spoiled the the shepherd uh, mini crate uh, rend or artwork, and then later the render because it's Doug and he can't help himself. Um, yeah. So it looks really really cool. Yeah, little blighted it, peep, I think. Yeah, is, something is the like name that. they're going with? I don't know. Doesn't really roll off the tongue. They're not. They're not I mean, great names, but. It could have just been blighted Bo Peep, and it would have been way better. Oh, the well, there's still time. Model, the, the most important part of that model is the tiny baby rake, and I just want, like, 12 of them. As someone who has purchased... Well, actually, I purchased the tiny baby Kator Jacks, but I did get one rubber shredder. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. So that's going to be... It's going to be really cool, and I think, like, Hungerford mentioned in his article that there might be, like, more coming, where he... Because he's got like a croak brawl machine list that he's going to write about or something. So I thought that brawl machine was the terrible way to play and dividing the community. Oh, we're not going to get into that, are we, Ryan? Well, really? So come on, we're <laughs> gonna we're gonna say that the whole point of brawl machine is to expand the community. That was our that was our goal from the outset. It was to yeah. get more people in and learn how to play the game. Yep. And it wasn't uh, just people online. Am I allowed to say that? I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. I mean, I mean, you can say things. That doesn't mean we have to agree with them or let them air. <laughs> Editing is yeah. a thing that they do that we don't, Ryan. Well, that gives <laughs> a lot of credit. I believe we've edited. I, I think we've edited one of the last ten episodes. I mean, I always edit it a little bit, but oh, to take out words though. Sometimes. <laughs> it depends. Well, apparently, I've been edited out of several episodes. <laughs> <laughs> professional podcasting yep anyhow uh the last piece of news that we got today is that the fallen corvus beta is going into week two uh probably like the day that this drops or the day before this dropped and it's got a sweet scenario that i've been sitting on that i kind of just want to go over real fast because it's really cool and i'm proud of it um i, I just want to point out that when Jaden showed it to me he's like i don't know is this too crazy i'm like this is everything i've ever wanted make it crazier <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so the setup is essentially you've got three AoE three rings in the middle of the table. It's played on a three foot by three foot table. So there's one that's centered and there's two that are off to the side. I think they're six inches in or something like that. And these are infernal portals. And the way that it works, the, the scenario works is and then there's treasure token set up and the middle one has to be on top of the biggest building on the board. That's kind of like the directive for the terrain setup. And then the other two have to be kind of surrounded in buildings of some sort or other. So they're kind of hard to see, except for from, you know, inside the little sphere of influence. And the way it works is this is 
going to be sort of the turning points in the campaign where you just leveled up into medium level abilities and, and items and things. And you have two choices here. You can either attempt to accrue as much infernal influence as physically possible, which will give you some reasonably significant buffs and loot, or you can try and close the gates and that will unlock the divinity tree and allow you to start going into like the church of Morrow, the church of Menoth, the secret society of the Mar kind of things. And, uh, there's actually no end to this scenario except for when you hit those thresholds. So, so you have it's, to make a decision. Yeah, you have to make a decision and it's not, it breaks the game a little, like it breaks reality, like the, the immersion a little bit, but it's not like, I interact with this thing to close it and then my opponent can finish closing it. You have to like do it all yourself or it doesn't count. And that's just kind of my nod to the fact that War Machine players are the kinds of players that would do that sort of thing. Yep. I was a good guy the whole time. Look, I got credit for closing it. Yeah, even though I accrued, um, checks watch, 14 of the 15 Infernal Power at the same time. Yep, that was me. Good guy right here. Um... So I'm pretty excited to, to to throw that one out in the wild. Unfortunately, because we're in the beta, I don't have the Divinity Tree ready to publish yet. But it's that sort of like in the first campaign that we published, this is going to be the make a choice, please kind of mission um, that I'm excited to see how people react to. So, yeah. Sounds dope. Sweet. Yeah, I think it'll be fun. I'm excited to see what my my beta testers think of it. OK, but when's Legion? Ah, in, hold on, two and a half weeks. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. That, that's sooner than I kind of expected, actually. <laughs> so so here, here's my timeline. Uh, this is week two of beta test. Next week is week three of beta test. I'm taking a week off from beta testing after that to collate all the data that I've gotten. I've already got about a dozen tweaks to the main game that I want to make. And in that time frame, I am also building the roster builders for Legion Trolls, Scorn, and Circle. And adding a whole bunch of loot cards. And if I can, I'm also going to add the Divinity Trees at that point. Um, and the Infernal Tree. And then we're going to do another one. And Legion will be available and Circle will be available. I can tell you what Trollbloods are like, if you want to know. Because like Trollbloods have to have a special rule because tough already exists in other factions and I want them to be cool. Whereas like Circle's just kind of like crazy people and Scorn's like crazy in a different way. But <laughs> trolls, trolls have to be different. Um, I, and actually, Legion's going to be a little different too, but I haven't worked it out yet, so I don't want to talk about it. But yeah. trolls, in this game, you have to, when you run out of hit points, you get knocked down and become bloodied. Right. Trolls, you have to do that two times before they become bloodied. So Ow. instead of, like, you have to kill this model twice to kill it, you actually have to kill it three times to kill it. Does it like go back to full HP between getting hit? Uh, not exactly. So you take damage until your hit points run out, right? And then you're knocked down and you become bloodied. When uh -huh. you stand back up at the next turn, you heal back to full. And now all of your attacks get an additional ice to hit because you're like swinging wild. But everything that attacks you gets an additional ice to hit. So there's that sort of trade off. And right. then if you run out of hit points when you're bloodied and become dis or boxed because disabled, you still get a tough check at, at boxed. You either become injured or you die, or you run away. And that's determined by a d6 roll. Sure. Trolls have a healthy 
a wounded and then a bloodied state because they're trolls. Yep, that checks out in my brain. And they're going to be wildly more expensive, like roster cost wise than the other factions, because that's just a freaking ridiculous amount of hit points. <laughs> but to be. But I think that captures trolls pretty good in my head. So we'll see. Uh, second question. Is there news on Diploma Machine? Because that's what I'm excited for. Hey, Brett, is there news on Diploma Machine? There is. I am. Um, so I'm breaking the beta test into smaller chunks. So I'll be testing the like mid game and the late game specifically. Um, mm -hmm. So I'll be starting that up um, probably the next week. Okay. Dope. Also, no pressure, Brett, but Bokor Brawl, if it runs this year, is going to play Diploma Machine, as it looks like. Well, I hope it's in a couple months. <laughs> well, Bokor Brawl is in October, so you got time. Yeah. I can do that. October, if everything goes nicely. Yep. Yeah. All right. So, that was news. <laughs> um, but we actually have a topic today, and the topic was a listener request from, I believe, the Portland meta. And... What they wanted is a kind of snapshot of the meta right now, which would normally be really easy, but is kind of difficult at this point. Um, and we're, so what we're going to do is we're going to talk about like some of the top things in the meta that you have to be sort of prepared to see. And then we're going to talk about what specifically Legion does about those because we have the Blightbringers on here. So we're going to talk about Legion. Um, <clears throat> and that that's kind of how we're going to proceed with the rest of this uh, episode and uh, just to loosely define meta for anybody who's like I keep hearing that word but I don't know what it is it's the sort of like the game outside of the table uh, when you're playing War Machine of the 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 factors that make models and lists and theme force good and bad compared to each other um, a, a really good example of like a snapshot in time of when the meta was very crystallized was in the early stages of the theme force rollout when ghost fleet was by far the most dominant thing ever. And every single list or, or every single pairing had to have a way to handle ghost fleet because if you didn't and you were at a big tournament, you'd run into it and you'd lose. So we're going awesome. to, yeah, good times. Those were sort of. terrifying times. They were for all of the non-Grimkin players. <laughs> I was playing Grimkin, so I remember this time with fondness. Um, <laughs> well, I'm glad one uh, of us is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay, but to be fair, my introduction to Ghost Fleet was Banky at Attack X, so that was terrifying. I'm and sorry to right. that. Oh, it's okay. Uh I survived the like 25% assassination run on the heretic and then one on clock. So I've, I felt very lucky there. Um, but at the moment, uh, we're going to talk about what the, the best things in the game right now are and kind of why they are that way and what they need, what you need to know about them. So Brett, I'm going to throw you into the fire here because you're the strange bedfellows expert of this particular group of people. So talk us through Aurora one and two, please. So Strange Bedfellows is the <laughs> Merkless that has survived the nerfs. Uh, yep. So what makes it so insane is that um, it is extremely high threat range. So 
um, if you're if you're used to a standard list like being like, well, my average threat is about eleven. I can if I do some tricks, I can get this one guy up to like thirteen or fifteen. Um, then strange bedfellows will laugh in your face. Um, <laughs> every single model threats like fourteen to sixteen inches, and if you're living, it's even worse. Um, and they're all flying, and under and under Aurora one, they'll sometimes have parry, so it's really hard to stop it. Um, and then the sh the vast array of damage buffs they have makes it so that every model is an ex is an extreme threat. Um, and so, and so then you may then you may think, well, if they're bringing a bunch of infantry, I'll just bring guns. Well, their infantry is like half immune to guns. Yep. Um, and then you, you get through all of this stuff, and you're finally done killing all the angels. Uh, and there's a gas before uh, he can just win the game. Um, and all of this time, there's just like four to six uh, negators just pew pewing away and printing. Those are tessellators. Damn it! You're right. <laughs> um, yeah, not negators. I was trying to buy negators. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, there's a bunch of tessellators shooting away and. Their gun doesn't look very good, but it. Um, the reason it's good is that over the course of several turns, it will just produce value. So because they get to use the specific um, convergence induction nodes, um, every single one of them gets to use all like all three focus every turn, mm -hmm. and their rat is just extremely high um, because they have the the volume fire rule, and. They get to reposition, so they're not in that much danger. And so they're just really hard to take out. They're really annoying. You have all these threats up in your face, and these guys can just print work. Um, so really, this this list preys on Colossals, especially short-range Colossals, um, and, and Heavies in general. Um, but it also is really good against anything living, because uh, it has a bunch of paralysis, um, and it is absolutely devastating to go second against. Yep. I also want to throw this out there that that's kind of like the standard build of this theme force, but that there are alternatives out there that are just as good, if not better, into the things that are supposed to fight them really well. Um, Aaron Allen has a ridiculously strong Aurora 2 gun line, which is just a bunch of warjacks and then two units of negation angels mm -hmm. that fights the things that fight traditional strange bedfellows extremely well and still does all the things Brett just mentioned. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's the weird thing about the list, is the more you play it, the less you want angels in it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, because that's the thing that are actually, like, counterable. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, from an outside perspective of someone who doesn't play Strange Bedfellows, uh, that list is freaking terrifying, and I don't like it. It needs to yeah. go away. Um, I, I don't know Legion specifically answers to it, but I do know that the worst the worst thing you can do is be playing double faithful masses in Menoth. That is just oh, they cannot play into oh. it at all. <laughs> that sounds awful. Oh. Yeah. So if you look at it from that perspective, the reason faithful masses is bad into it is that it relies on several elite models, usually a colossal, um, and doesn't have high threat ranges and doesn't have nearly high enough armor. So you need to avoid that situation. Right. And the, the Menite Archon, like, its defensive tech doesn't work very well because everything's a construct and doesn't care about Ashen Veil. And its threat range is laughable compared to the rest of the list. Most things can, like, charge in and the reposition in such a way that the Archon can only hit, like, maybe two guys, which is bad. Mm -hmm. Or just charge the Archon, which also feels bad. Mm -hmm. 
Um, yeah. And yeah. So uh, from a Legion perspective, I actually feel like the most of the time, like into the standard sort of Strange Bedfellows builds, Legion's fine. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't like seeing either one of these lists because they're very much a, if you make a mistake, you mm -hmm. just randomly get assassinated by a negation angel that goes like 18 inches at POW 20 for some reason, and that yeah. hurts. And that's that's also one of the strengths of the list is that the Strange Bedfellows player does not have to be nearly as good as their opponent in order to win. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that, that hurts. That, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, there's other ways of saying that. <laughs> <laughs> um. Um, yes. But with uh, the introduction of virtues into the Legion Hemisphere, uh, they're actually a pretty decent counter to this. Not because they're going to necessarily do a ton of damage on their own, but because when you can just kind of casually put eight scathers out on the board, angels lose a lot of their ability to move and get to things, which kind of lets you hold them off or force them to shoot, which they don't really want to be doing. And then right. you get an actual game, and it's weird. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can also do cute things like if you, mathematically speaking, put a three-inch ring centered on a large base, a half-inch melee range model cannot attack that model without going into the AoE, which is extremely relevant because the melee range on Negation Angels is half an inch, and Legion likes to play... Blight Archons and Zuriel and other things like that. So you can basically say, all right, the things in this army that I actually care about threat-wise now are um, Asphyxius 4 and your one heavy and kind of the Tessellators, but not really because we also have D-Cell, assuming we're talking about Bethane 1. I mean, yeah. Um, not to mention the armor buff from the Blight Archon also helps mm -hmm. occasionally important pieces alive. And if you're not playing the main one for whatever reason, uh, you still have access to the normal Legion-y control pieces like Hellmouths, which you can just kind of put behind terrain and go, yes, your angel's threat forever, but do, do you really want to try and get range on this Hellmouth? Because... Which I'm going to put a scather on top of so they can't attack in melee. Yeah, yeah. like, go yeah. for it. And yeah, and one thing you definitely want to... Um, I'm really glad you brought up decelerations, because one thing I've often seen when people are planning into playing Bedfellows is they skew way too hard into, oh, this is an all-melee list. And so the pair, which tends to have a lot of guns, then just rips it apart. Well, isn't the pair usually like either Orion or Fiona at this point? Yeah, Orion, well, Orion's a strict gun line. Yeah. Orion is pretty hard for... Well, I mean, Orion negates D-Cell completely because he's got Spell yeah. Piercer. But yep. the cloud wall that the Virtues can put up is still really important because he can only put Mage Sight in one or two places. Mm-hmm. And if he's doing Mage Sight and Spell Piercer, then he's camping not much, and you might have a counter assassination available. Well, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm just I'm not saying that it's a 100% win. I'm just saying don't skew too hard in that direction. Oh yeah, absolutely for sure. Um, yeah, so I, I I do think virtues are really important in this matchup because they're just sort of custom built for making angels hate life which nothing else in the game seems to do very well yeah. um but it certainly feels perfectly playable assuming it's like a standard three to three to four unit angel list yep uh, i haven't played into that aaron allen list yet. i might have to try it to see how that does but it's pretty I brutal 
Yeah, doing it in my head, it doesn't seem like it seems bad. Don't get me wrong, but it doesn't seem like it would be any worse than the normal list, at least for Beth one. So the the thing that makes that matchup significantly more awful than I thought it was is the flying high uh, battle plan on um, Aurora two, because oh, it makes. <laughs> God, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, it it's bad. So it means that your archangel actually has to go into melee threat ranges, even with reposition, to actually shoot at stuff, which is uh, not great. You can still do the like, put Zuriel and your I don't know random other thing in front of it, and then shoot them with scathers, and then the the angels can't get there. But he's also got a freebooter, which threatens five, seven, nine, twelve, fourteen, seventeen, eighteen inches, I think. Um, I'm not doing that math. <laughs> yeah, and lot. then she she can also like if Aurora Aurora herself gets a bead on the Archangel, she can take flight off of it, which means that her feet now works on it, and it also doesn't get flying high anymore. Um, oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because like one of the one of the times I, I I played it against myself after Aaron showed me the list, I was like, I wonder what this looks like. I, I thought my Archangel was perfectly safe, and then when I came back to it a couple hours later. To play the convergence side of it, I was like, oh, I can just knock flight off of it and then shoot it to death with tessellators. Oops. So. Yeah, it sounds terrible. Right. So, that's, like so that's the first list we're talking about. There's more than <laughs> one. <laughs> nope. All I'll right. Be, so. I'll be done before tomorrow. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, moving on to Fiona, which I think is now going to be pretty much exclusively in flames. And Brett, this is again you. Uh, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. So the, the things that we're drawing into irregulars were crow's cutthroats, uh, which don't work with Fiona anymore because she can't turn things around, and Nemo 4, which was absolutely fucking broken with the fuddle, and I'm really glad they fixed. Um, so yeah, you're going to see Flame the Darkness. Um, I think the precursor version uh, is both the most popular and probably correct. Um, basically, you have one big unit of infantry. You have... Um, you have three good jacks. They're all Signar jacks. You get Gallant and two Chargers. Um, and then you get a ton of awesome solos, and including four Archons. Um, so because you're only playing... Because you're playing Mercs and you have access to other good theme forces, you won't be playing Double Flames. So you are you are going to see both the melee stuff and the Thamorid Archons in the same list. Yep. And I huh. think... Again, Legion's answer to this is probably either Beth 1 or Beth 2 um, because the the Virtues are very, very good into the the Precursor Knights. Yep. Uh, and also with D-Cell, the Thamorite Archons have a really hard time killing anything. And the Archangel can actually make Fiona... I mean, not necessarily because there's a lot of Shield Guards, but it can make her play... A semi-honest game and still with you know bloodthorn even under her feet be able to like shoot something to death possibly yep. yeah the so yeah, that's two important things i missed so the first is yes there's insane amount of shield guards um and the second thing is her feet is devastating uh if you think you are if you think you can kill things under her feet you are wrong um you might be able to kill something but it'll be super inefficient unless uh, you're weak one falsier uh, <laughs> um or or if, like you were describing, if you can shoot from outside the the um, feet in, that's an extremely yeah. important thing to be able to do. 
Well, and Beth one can also like debuff armor by six on accident, and then the archangel's like, okay, I guess I only roll two dice, but it's dice plus one. Yeah, yeah but it's hitting. That's the problem. That's you, true. They're gonna be like effective fifteen at almost every, almost all times. And this yeah. is why you just use blast damage. Yeah. You, yeah, that can you work. Get next to Fiona, and then shoot that thing, and just let blast damage kill her. That is how I've beaten her every single time I've played into her, especially if the other. You wait until Hermit does uh, his armor debuff, then send in a Blight Archon to Impending Doom everything together, and then just shoot a Hermit, and it kills her. And it's great. Yeah. So glad they kept Impending Doom. That yeah, was actually, all they needed. It's <laughs> wonderful. That Impending Doom point is actually really huge, too, because a lot of Fiona players are used to just, like, towing her control range with their models. Um, <laughs> like, you well, can, two inches further. Yeah, yeah, two inches in. They're, so they, they're like, all right, here's my control range edge. Here's two inches. You can't attack me from here. The Blight Archon can just be like, um, come here, please. And <laughs> yep. and then you can, you know, murder stuff pretty so easily. If I'm being perfectly honest, um, I don't think you will ever see Fiona as a Legion player. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to see her, so I'm perfectly fine with that. So I, I think Aurora is just so strong into Legion, and Fiona actually has a chance of losing the Legion matchup, but I don't bother playing it. Yeah, that's, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. When your models Man. are like 90% living, that's usually an issue. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, welcome to the Lion Sight family. Let's complain about living. Let's not. <laughs> Just throwing it out here right now, if Mechano Lilith has Field Marshal Construct, I will be so freaking happy. Don't Don't give me hope. <laughs> Mechano Shredder is going to get so much work then. Just so much okay, work. Okay, fine. I accept. <laughs> yeah. I hope her feat is uh, everything is metal, speaking of Bible Crisis Protocol, um, and turns enemy models into, into constructs so your Mechano Shredder is going to rip them up. Yes! That'd be amazing. That'd be That's, sweet. No, I don't know. It doesn't do anything else. <laughs> don't do that. Gotta have that sweet scornergy. Make raptors, poison bows, even more hated. Oh, what if it? What if it was just part of her feet, and, and the rest of it was also good? And then you Wait, got like, what's are the? Saying, are you saying the pun I threw out uh, out of nowhere is a terrible plan? Maybe. <laughs> it happens to the best of us, Brett. <laughs> All right. Um, so that's Fiona. Uh, next up, we've got Infernals, the faction, and what I mean by this is mostly just Dark Legacy. Um, yep. because I'm so, not, we're not going to talk about Hearts of Darkness. We're just not doing it. It's too much. Um, yeah, you'll, it's a very similar sun list. Um, and then sometimes you'll see other casters. Um, yeah. okay. So I have an important meta question here. I haven't played against Infernals since like the end of last year before the nerfs. Um, and at that point, Infernals was basically how many, or keep clicking the Tormentor button until you run out of points. Is that still the case? From what I understand, yes. Yeah. Uh, in my experience, the only time you won't see that is occasionally with Agathon, and that's because Agathon is occasionally going, hey, if I put a Soul Stalker in this really weird position and it gets Coil, I can, you know, possibly spell assassinate you, and if that doesn't work, then this thing just goes and finishes it for me. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, it's mostly just keep pressing the Tormentor button. Yeah, so... What you'll see is they'll put in a minimum of support points, which is like 60 points. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the it's the huge it's the 
structure. It's the um, uh, I bet Valen Hawk's not in there anymore. I bet people are pissed. People are still playing him. Okay, yeah, he turns out he's still a good solo. You yeah. mean yeah. people didn't overreact and just rip him out of every single list? Like I mean, they usually I, do? We might unfortunately be past that point. Oh, dang he's it. still like Brothers Keeper. He's still a real good solo. Yeah, I think I think the issue is, right, that like one of the pretty commonly accepted hard matchups for Dark Legacy before the nerfs was uh, Vlad to Doom Reavers. And I think Infernal players didn't want to also suck into Sorsha. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. kind of my read. Yeah. So maybe he'll only be in one list. Could be. Um, uh, but yeah, then it's all the all the good solos, two units of cultists usually. Um, yeah, one one big and one small usually. I think something like that. It, yeah, it changes to taste. Um, and then yeah, like five tormentors to start with, and then as many more as they can summon. Yep. Yeah, pretty much. So this. So it's supposed to feel like a demonic invasion, right? There's a ton of stuff coming in and more stuff coming. Honestly, it feels more like doing homework. Um, you have to <laughs> you have to constantly help your infernal opponent under, understand and remember their rules because there are far too many of them. Um, it's extremely frustrating. I do not like playing against this list. Um, and so it's it's a pure it's a pure math check. You need to be able to do like 300 boxes of damage to eight, armor 18. 19. Yeah, usually 21. Yeah. Um, the other thing that's really important about this particular matchup is that Regna is going to have a foreboder usually, which means that they're going to be able to dark seduction important uh, warrior models, which fortunately is kind of hard with the Blight Archon being inscrutable um, yep. or whatever, Divine Manifestation or whatever the yeah. equivalent is where it can't be taken control of. But um, yeah, that's that's kind of the list. Yeah, um, this, from at least me, for a Legion perspective, is less about a specific list is good into this, or like looking at a specific caster, because if you have to worry about Agathon and Zadaroth and Amo, like, they all just want more Tormentors, but they all do different things with the Tormentors, and kind of require different answers. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, the way I've always kind of looked at it is, into Infernals, you just have to play super aggressively like, all the time, keep your caster safe and just murder whatever you can any chance you get. And if you can push them back and let not let them have, like, two turns to summon things, you'll probably be okay. Probably. So, some important tricks from a Legion perspective into, this ma- into these matchups. Um, if you're going to play Primal Terrors, be prepared to play into Zadaroth. And what that means is that every turn before their activations end, all the Hellmouth Tentacles run out of command and die. Yep, and this is really important because she's got the infernal equivalent of Road to War, and if you're playing Hellmouths, you're probably playing in Primal Terrors, and without Road to War, your models outthreaten most of her army, which is a big deal. Mm-hmm. If you keep your Hellmouth Tentacles in play, suddenly her army outthreatens your army, and you're in trouble. Yeah, it's a bad time. Don't do that. Yeah, it's, it's really, really not great. Um. And the other thing is, like, that whole, can you do this much damage? The answer in Legion is yes, very much yeah. so, 100% at this point. Um, Primal Terrors just hits, like, a freight train with, on its own, and then you add caster support in there, and it's even worse. Um, Children of the Dragon has Kiss of Lilith in it already, just baseline, plus you can bring the Hermit. 
And then you can also, um, you know, if you're playing Beth one or Beth two or, uh, Since like Krissa. Sorry. God, I love Krissa. Yeah. Isn't she wonderful? She's so good. You're um, just casually popping down like a this five to nine point damage swing if you want it. So yeah. doing the damage is not the hard part. Yeah. yeah. I like to point out that while it, in theory it is nice to like punch, kill all the support and make it so they can't summon, in practice I've never seen this happen. Um, it's pretty hard. Yeah. Yeah. Unless I've you done can... it. But I was playing Agathon in Cesaroth. Yeah. <laughs> if you can really dig deep and scalpel things out with like an Agathon or with like a Beth 2 and just launch Breath of Corruptions downtown, you might be able to get a couple of them and that will only help you, but d- don't expect that to happen. Right. Yeah. One of the other things that, that some parts of Legion have really good time or like have good tools into fighting uh, Infernals is that one of the common things to do is use a Desolator Summon to screen off your, your, your Tormentors from a ton of charges. And Legion's got a lot of Eyeless Sight, and so they don't care about that cloud. Mm-hmm. Oh no, you put this irrelevant thing in my way. What will I do? Yeah, also yep. um, Legion, as long as you're not playing the ground beast has decently high defense and that is now a problem for them yes very much so um like zuriel def 13 is like okay def 13 with dodge is a problem and if you can put ashen veil or transmutation on him he's def 15 with dodge and probably he just went in and killed a tormentor or two and sprinted out because he's on a blight archon mm-hmm. um so that's a pretty significant deal speaking of blight archons they're very very good in this matchup because they have sprint. They have an arm debuff, and they ha- or they have an arm buff. Sorry, and then they have um, an assault spray, which can dig real, real deep in there. And they have impending doom, which lets you pull a bunch of tormentors forward if they're bunched up, which they often are. Yup. You really oh. get a chance to cheat those trades, or you know, charge a thing, spray deep, get a couple solos or random uh, cultists out of the way. And then impending doom stuff closer for Zuriel to go after. And Zuriel will absolutely eat those heavies. He loves them. Just uh, don't forget about countercharge. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, that's not the way you want tormentors to get closer to you. <laughs> no, not if you can help it. So, um, but yeah, so there's a, there's a lot of tricks to learn there. But the Hellmouth Tentacle thing is a thing I, I think people forget about a lot or haven't heard of against Edoroth. So that's really important. And then, um, and then into Omodamos and also Zadaroth, that impending doom trick to get them out of control so they don't benefit from feet or locked horns can be real, real clutch. So look for that because there's that whole like, are you close enough that I can pull you out of the plus three defense bubble? Are you close enough that I can pull you out of locked horns? And horrors that aren't inside control and are low on essence are sad horrors. Um, and this is especially the case because they're trying to win scenario when their entire list is seven heavies. So they have to spread them out. Yep. All right. Let's talk about a new list that's come out recently. Uh, Azazello and Vengeance of Dunya. People are mad about this guy. Oh, really? I'm, he's so fun. He <laughs> is fun. Their opponents are mad. Oh, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I think it's another all the archons list, except that this one is in minions instead of war machine. Like, or trolls, yeah. to be fair. Wait. Okay, yeah. I, I forgot. Yeah, that's troll. It can have troll stuff now. Only four archons in it, right? Yeah. Vengeance of Dunia is the trolly the, the troll minion crossover, and it's only got Dunians in it, I think. 
Oh, I thought I assumed it has primals, but <laughs> I thought it had. Uh... I think it's only got dunions. Nobody um, plays primals. I'm gonna check because I thought it had voids, or you could get voids or primals in there. Somehow. You absolutely you cannot get voids. I know that so for a fact. I think you're thinking of the uh, the standard as a list, which is will will work for food and every archon. Yeah, uh, yeah maybe that's super yeah. annoying. Yeah, Vengeance of Dunia is the one where he gets to play double champs and a Creel Stone and uh, um, like good heavies or good lights with uh, the good heavy backup and uh, all the sweet neutral solos. And he gets to do my favorite thing, which is champions with retaliatory strike and repost. So every time you attack them, if you're with a ninja, you get attacked back. <laughs> Stop hitting yourself. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and Boom Howler 3. The Axe Archon. Hooray. The Axe Archon. Yeah. Ah, you're right. There are three. <laughs> God. Uh, Boom Howler is so obnoxious. I don't understand why he is the way he is. Uh, yep. He, that, he just is. And we kind of just have to figure out how to deal with him. Well, so. He's making up, he's making up for two bad versions of Boom. Oh, well, I guess Boom Howler 2 is good. He's making no, it for one bad version. Great, Brett. <laughs> well, here, okay, so here's my only question. Why is he a champion, too? Why does he get retaliatory strike? Why does he need that on top of everything else? <laughs> I think it's hilarious. Because I love doing... Re- so you get to countercharge, then you get to repost, then you get to retaliatory. <laughs> yeah. This is a Brett dream list right here. <laughs> no, um, okay. So... Yeah. The Sorry. thing about this list is that, from what I've been hearing, like, as a who will talk to most about mostly, is that the the list's tempo is going to play out something like this: um, Azazella projects enormous threat, uses his feet to kill something, and then runs a bunch of champs up under his feet when they're more or less impossible to kill, and then says, "Deal with my army," and also, "I'm deaf a million, arm a million, standing in an obnoxious spot, and I'll go kill something else next turn." Um, so it's, it's like a really sort of dual bricky list because it can brick up in two spots, which is new. Yep. And then it's backed up by double duty and Archon and Hermit, which just says, oh, I'm going to spread out damage on champions if you can manage to hit and do damage. And then once you get close enough to actually kill them, no, you don't. And uh, it does have the Creel Stone usually, so things like continuous effects are not things. Um, and they're, let's see, champions are armed 16 base, 18 Creel Stone, 21 under feet. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just nice, easy, friendly numbers to deal with there. Nervous Def laughter. 14, no knockdown. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Def 16 in melee because they have a defensive line. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tough, no knockdown, retaliatory strike, repost. Um, Turns out this is how you make champions good. Yeah. Uh, and also, you can't really shoot at it very well because there's probably six Valkyries in the list as well. Mm-hmm. Six to nine, yeah. 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 Six that you're willing to let die. <laughs> Three you want to live. <laughs> Three you want to live. Uh, it's because then they'll go kill like a heavy on their own. Yeah. Um, so I think I have very little experience into this, but from what I've seen, you need to scenario it. And scenario pretty hard, like win a side, collapse that side, and then hold on. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but it's hard. Um, yeah. You can try and get an alpha. I mean, uh, you'll get an alpha. They threaten nine inches. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, so, I mean, don't give them something before they feed, is what I'm saying. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know if you can stop Azazello because he threats 17 on his own. Sure. But if you're going to make it so that he doesn't have any good places to sprint back to, because even at def 20, arm 18, you can still stack up enough mat and otherwise buffs and otherwise like puppet masters and dice fixing to make him camping one or two be very scared. Um, especially like if your plan is to run the hermit up and then shoot it with the archangel and blast damage him. Although he'll flaming fit. No, cause he sprinted. So yeah, he won't be immune to fire anymore. Um, but on the approach, flaming he fist can six now. Yeah. yeah. It's range six. Fire troll. Can oh, absolutely... so, so, so he could cast it on himself for free cause of the theme force. Kill something, sprint back, sprint. and then get it reapplied to him. Yep. Gross. <laughs> yeah, it's a little obnoxious. Just a little bit, though. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, you absolutely need to have Grievous Wounds. Uh, if one of them toughs, you're done. Um, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, or, or in Tropic or, Aura. Yeah, some, uh, sorry. That's, uh, yeah, something that stops healing. You're right. Um, and if... Well, one one thing that's really devastating about the list is that when you go in and put a bunch of damage on the champions and fail to kill them, and you're like, fine, whatever, I'll do the other half of the board, uh, and then the Duty Archon heals them all up to full, that's bad. Um, <laughs> I, I haven't had a super lot of uh, success into this list after playing into variations of it three or four times. Uh, on paper, it feels like Animag would be a pretty good match. Yeah, I was just about to ask that. You can get mass grievous wounds. You have the hit fixing between Carnage and Gorag and uh, whatever else you need it from. You got the damage buffs. Like it seems like on paper it should be playable, but I haven't tried it, and I don't know how Animag fares in a pairing right now with everything else that's out there. I feel like it should be all right, but I haven't looked at it enough to say for sure. Yeah. Well, and this is a, this is an extremely classic Legion problem to have, right? Oh yeah. Big, this is big armor bricks yeah well and it's it's interesting because like i don't even necessarily know if it has to be animag but i think something in primal terrors is probably what you need you have hellmouth to stop the scenario and also to potentially pull a champion out of the brick right um, um no they're all gonna be base to base oh that's true if they're smart they can position properly but it's possible that in the mid late game when they're like in pairs right yeah. it, it could happen um, you've got Gorag and you've got a Blightbringer, so you have a minus four def debuff on a stick, mm -hmm. um, which is extremely important. You have Amok, which is actually relevant because you can like unbinding things that get too close to you, which can be really prob like important to, as well. Um, so that feels good to me. And then, you know, you can charge with Chosen who are met effectively 11, three dice to hit. So that's not the worst. Yeah. So uh, my, my problem looking at it is that because Azzello can stack def and armor, and Legion typically wants to go hard into one of those areas and not necessarily the other, like, your uh, Animag is kind of a, not a rarity, but a, a lesser warlock in that she kind of does both. But mm -hmm. uh, you look at, like, your Carissa, your Beth One, they don't really fix accuracy, but they fix damage really well. 
Um, and if you kind of need to get both, then it starts to become problematic. Yeah. I think. And so, oh, sorry. I was just, I was just gonna say, and if we can start drawing conclusions about the meta as a whole, you'll notice that all of the things we've talked about so far absolutely punish you for putting all of your uh, like eggs in one basket or relying on low defense heavies. Um, and so, which is really bad for bad news for Legion because they're so reliant on how good the Archangel is. So you have to be really, really careful with that. Fortunately, it has the reposition to to mitigate that a little bit, but definitely don't try any like Legion armor bricks. Oh yeah, yeah. That, not, <laughs> right now. Yeah. Um, I will say that so like thinking about that matchup specifically, and then we can move on. Uh, Animag and Beth two seem okay. Um, both in Primal Terrors. Primal Terrors brings the def fixing, or the yeah, the def fixing, and then Beth brings the arm fixing. And like champs, non feet turn champs don't like getting Breath of Corruptions just like thrown on them repeatedly. Um, so yeah, that's isn't it? Uh, no, it's intact. Never mind. Yeah. So I mean, they can they can still spread it out, but right, yeah. like if you tag them with the disintegrate, they're they're lower arm by two. The Breath of Corruption is doing damage to everything under the AoE. They're already clumped up. Well, yeah, when, when Magic One was being played a lot, one of my favorite things to do was to just throw a uh, Gitterman Husk in the middle of the unit. Because, yeah, just putting a POW-12 spray over all of them when they like Mortality or something is just... They do not like that. Nope. Uh, the other good thing with Beth 2, though, real quick, is that because Breath of Corruption is a cloud, uh, you mm. might not be able to kill all the champions, but if you can space correctly and just make it so they can't do anything that that's also usually pretty good yeah absolutely. how often are um angelia i played these days um, that is a, it's a fiercely debated topic in okay. the legion community it, it, it depends entirely on the caster we're talking about and uh, i'm still very low on them personally that, that's fine i just want to point out that they have the two inch reach which you need to deal with um Retaliatory strike and repose, like I was talking about. And they also have repulsion, or whatever it's mm. called, which can break apart the defensive line and make them way easier to kill. Yeah, I don't hate that. That's actually yeah. kind of cute. The, the only problem there is their base mat 6 and mm -hmm. their POW 14, which, again, you can crank up one of those numbers pretty significantly. Both as well. The other main problem is that for two points more, you can often just bring Zuriel. Yep. Or so, Proteus if you're like in Oracles for some reason. Yeah, right. yeah. And he but he doesn't have that option. <laughs> no. No, so and th that is actually one other thing about uh Primal Terrors before we before we move on to something else, is that Golab is actually extremely good into this matchup because he's oh. got the uh anti healing aura and he's got you know, he's an accurate beast that has finisher, so like <laughs> the champs like, are all hurt anyway. Yeah, you're like, wait, you're gonna damage them all for me? Thank you. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And so just spacing wise, right? Like, so say he goes into a diamond of champions, right? Mm -hmm. And if they let him kill the first one because he's doing too much damage, which he will because he's Golab and he sprints back seven inches. He is now seven plus one inch reach plus one point seven inch base, which is farther than those champs can actually charge him away. Yep. So I love Golab. Yeah, he's the cool. best. Well, it's yeah. good. The, the other fun one there is you throw transmute on him, and now he's def 15. So even if you end up getting retaliatoried, like, it's probably okay. Yep. They won't all. Yeah. Hit. No. 
All right. Uh, the other part of the minions terror right now is uh, Arcadius, as per usual. Um, I don't think we need to talk about Arcadius particularly much because he's been around forever and people kind of know what he is, I think. Wow, that's a bold claim. Okay, never mind. Let's talk See, about Arcadius. Well, so I would argue. So I think there's only like three people in America who play him. Uh, yeah. that's, that's probably a little exaggerated. There might be two. <laughs> All right, I'm not a minions player anymore. Yeah, Brett, get out of here. Um, <laughs> yeah, they didn't. They didn't. Unfortunately, didn't nerf you in hard enough um, for me to pick Arcadius. Um, but okay, so Arcadius is extreme, extreme threat ranges. So remember how I said don't build a list with all heavies because um, you need to spread out your threat or spread out your threat. And you don't want to be too focused on one thing. Uh, Arcadius ignores that rule. His heavies can and will do everything. Yeah, yeah, they will. It's it is arguably the most fun I've ever had playing War Machine piloting that list um, because you just have these big pigs that just go like, "Wee! Look at me! I just moved half the table." Um, like twenty-eight inch threat range. Cool, 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 yeah. cool, 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 cool. <laughs> fair and balanced. Yeah, um, that's that's like, only on the Roadhog sprays, though. To be fair. That, that's not better. You understand why that's not better, right? <laughs> Fair. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, he's just got a bunch of will be mat 8, will be POW 22 or higher, will be POW, or will be threat 17, ignore most forms of control. Um, that's not very specifically telekinesis. Um, and even then, can fairly often ignore it. Uh, heavies that just go forever and murder your face. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the he is absolutely one where you can bring an overpowering amount of guns, uh, and that will put you in good shape. Mm -hmm. uh, though, do be aware that uh, his on his feet, uh, his melee threat is about as far as your gun threat. Yep. Um, and the other thing you can do is try and weather an alpha um, because pig war beasts, even buff war beasts are terrible. Um, and so if you can pick off Brine, I don't even know if he's run anymore. Um, no, you no, no. Off... You get two Void Archons instead of him now. Mm -hmm. So th it, there's a 16 point module that actually has a good threat range on its own. So if you can kill those and the feet's gone, you're dealing with threat range in like nine. <laughs> um, so they, they turn into a, not just a normal list, but a bad list. Yeah. Yes. But until that point, yeah, they are at the end of days. Yes. Yeah, you have to weather that feat first, and you have to weather those extreme threat ranges first. And oftentimes you lose before you do that. Yeah. yeah. Well, because that, that threat range makes you play in a certain way, right? And that Arcadius player, if they're good, will just play for the scenario while also saying, do you want to come here and die? Over yeah. and over and over again until you lose. Yeah, because because the arcade player is well aware that once the feat is done, they're out of they 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 no longer affect how the game ends. It becomes a pure math test. Yep. Yep. So, um, and if they're playing Arcadius, they want to be completely in control. <laughs> yeah. Again, I have to say I like Beth One into this because she brings an overpowering amount of guns, which is great, and a pretty good cloud line, which Arcadius also doesn't adore. He uh, get I'm... around it, but it's. Yeah. yeah, I like Beth one into this. Uh, my problem has always been your Archangel needs to kill a heavy and then get away from all of the other heavies. 
And if for some reason dice fail you and you don't kill that first heavy, it probably eats your archangel, and then you're in a very bad spot. Yeah, I was going to ask you. So can so can the archangel get far enough away after she? Uh, no, it can get fifteen inches from the thing that it shot. So okay, so it can't it can't kill it can't get away from the thing it shot. So it has to find the furthest one. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Fortunately. Yeah. So it sounds like you need backup guns. Well, kinda. Yes and no. The archangel gun can be effectively pow. 14, 16 with Bloodthorn, 18 with the Bloodseer doing the thing, 20 with uh, Kiss. Yep. So it might just be able to do the job on its own. Yeah, but that might. <laughs> it's pretty scary. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. There uh, lies so. If you kill that Roadhog, you're fine because the other ones can't get to you and you're up a heavy. If that Roadhog survives on like two boxes and fire doesn't kill it, you're, you're going to lose an Archangel. And that's that feels bad. Yep. Um, uh, da, da, da. Now, oh. that being said, while, while Brett figures out what he was going to say, the, the interesting thing about that Beth list is that once the Archangel's dead, you might still just be able to kill all the other three heavies with Virtues. Yep. So, I don't know. I'd like to actually play this matchup. I think it sounds really, really interesting. Mm -hmm. I mean, let me know when you're free. We can, we can set this up. All right. <laughs> Brett can make fun of me for my Arcadius plays. Well, we play completely different lists, so who knows? That's Wait, true. I have no room to stand on. I clocked myself on the top of two. Wait. Oh, that's... you're right. Wait. Story time. <laughs> Go ahead, Brett. I, Wait, don't you think, heard... I don't even think Cutter does that. You haven't heard this story? Oh, this is a great one. We love Cutter. <laughs> um, okay, so I, I've been, I was playing Arcadius. I've been playing it for a long time. Um, and I was playing him into Axis. Um, and Axis is a pretty hard matchup for minions. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to go set up, I'm going to set up this assassination on the top two. You're clearly within range. I just need to deal with some counter charges. And those are my famous last words. So, so the, um, so basically it start. So if you've seen the diagram of like, you know, possible plays in chess where it's like, you know, well, if I do this, then it bifurcates into two paths, and then you just keep doing that. Well, so about 10 minutes in, I was trying to track, like, 30 different plans, four of which were impossible. Um, and, and, that, and I'm like, I've already wasted, like, 20 minutes on this turn. I'm not going to get another one. <laughs> so... it's, it's also worth noting that he's playing against Aaron Allen, and they're pretty good friends. And so Aaron's helping him with this at the same time. <laughs> this is Sung, but same idea. <laughs> oh, it was Sung? Okay. I thought it was Aaron, but never mind. Uh, yeah, so he's playing into a good friend. They're both trying to figure this puzzle out. And 55 <laughs> minutes later, Brett clocks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did manage to get an attack on him by getting countercharge, triggering Enliven, taking a free strike, and then walking to his caster. <laughs> yes. Unreal. <laughs> okay, my, my only question... Did you eventually manage to figure the puzzle out, and did you guys actually play it through to see what would happen? Impossible. It was actually impossible. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Gotta love it. Time well wasted. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like 20 minutes of just texting, taking pictures. Oh no, actually, yeah. Okay, I was done, because I, I start getting messages about this. This was, this was Adepticon, right? It was somewhere in the north. Yeah, uh, yeah. sure. So, um, I start getting pictures in, on Facebook Messenger from Sung, and he's like, so this is what's happened now. And then about five minutes later, 
Brett's moved a model five minutes later. <laughs> okay, he's Pagani'd that model to a slightly different position five minutes later. Okay, he's moved a different model and I've countercharged. We're still trying to figure this out, Jaden. And I'm just like, I'm at home and I'm just like, what is going on? <laughs> Not my finest moment. But my favorite part of that was when I turned in uh, my results, the TO is like, okay, well, how many scenario points do I got? No, no, no. I lost on the top of two. Impossible. <laughs> yes. Anyhow. Unbelievable. It was glorious. Um, so, remember how I said um, Strange Metaphors, they don't have to be as good as you to beat you? That is not the case mm -hmm. with Arcadius. They have to be better than you to beat you. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things about that list, actually, is that it's extremely, extremely good and it rewards practice like nothing else. Um, yeah, but there is no top end to that list. Um, it's so pretty impossible. Yeah. One, one thing, one thing I like talking about with lists this is completely relevant to the topic at hand, but I, I get to bitch about peace car and that's all I care about. Um, <laughs> so, um, one thing I often talk about is whether a skill, whether a list deploys your skill as a caster. Um, and I think Arcadius and Scar are the complete opposite ends of that, where Arcadius completely shows your skill. If you're better than your opponent, you're going to win every time. Whereas Scar is like, here's the puzzle at hand. If they've already figured it out, it doesn't matter how good the Scar player is. Um, right. That yeah. might be, I think it's a little bit different with the Stalker build. I'm thinking a lot more of old school builds. Um, but yeah, that, that's, that's something that is very obvious when you're playing Arcadius. Yeah. Yeah, like playing against a good Arcadius player, which I've done a couple of times now, is like the game's already over in their head. It's just a matter of actually moving the models. And more often than not, that is actually true. Which is horrifying. It's interesting yeah, because horrifying. It's, not, it's not a list decision. Like, it doesn't really matter which kind of list. It's, the, it's how you play it. Yep. Yeah, it, it's... That's the reason I own that list, even though I don't own any other minions list, is because that part of it fascinates me. And I, I absolutely adore that sort of idea. And it's probably the most powerful. I was gonna say it's probably the most powerful Dark Horse list, just because it's it's so hard and so rare. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You you roll up to a table with that and people are like what does this do? And then it's one of those things where no matter how well you explain it to them and re-explain it to them and then re-re-re-re-explain it to them, they're going to make a mistake at some point, even if you're helping them, because it's too hard for yeah. most people to keep track of everything that can happen. Yeah, like you have these huge threat ranges, you have Enliven, you have Hyper Aggressive, you have Counter Guardian Beast. Guardian Beast, thank you for that one. Yeah. You so might have Boom Howler 3 now. Oh, yep. <laughs> What you're saying is you win that game by going cool, flip clock to me, going to get ice cream, and then just coming back an hour later. Uh, you win that game by having played it at home. <laughs> yep. All right. So we got a couple more casters we want to talk about that are meta threats, and they've come up a few times now, and that's Bethane 1 and Bethane 2. My girls. Uh, yeah. How, how, how does it feel, Mark III Legion players, to finally be on the meta lists? Feels good. Feels good. It's about time to be back. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's taking time. Yeah, yeah. But what? No, we started. We started pretty strong in Mark Three. To be fair, that's um, true. Lilla Three always a threat. Yeah. Uh, like pre pre themes, she was very very strong. Just because you basically threaten the table, and back then no one used terrain, so that was always nice. 
<laughs> Lots of shooting galleries. Yeah. Uh, and then we then we transitioned into the like four months of Animag until Circle did it better. <laughs> I'm not bitter. It's okay. I'm not giddy about it. It's okay. Uh, but yeah, th- then I think this latest CID was like, they kind of just did everything, right? They're like, all right, all of these models that have just been kind of languishing on shelves for the past, oh, up to maybe 10 years, looking at you, Archangel, we're going to actually make them good. <laughs> except, except for the Angelius, apparently. Yeah, well, so, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the Angelius does stuff, don't get me wrong, but he's still a hard sell because he's fewer boxes than a Nerif. Uh, threats about the same. Armor piercing is a great rule, but like you only get it once. Well, well I get it honestly, I, and then I it dies. The I, I love Nerf. Is fantastic. Nerf. Oh, Nerf's great. No, Nerf's <laughs> Nerf's fucking baller, dude. Like that's all I'm saying. No, I don't play Legion. <laughs> I, I hate Nerf. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I will also say that if simultaneously with the Angelius getting significantly better, Zuriel had not gotten to be possibly the best character war beast in the game. Uh, we would not. We would be having a different conversation. That's yeah. possibly true. Like the characters in Legion are all very good, and I'm not yeah. going to get like into a huge diversion about that. Like at this point, like Typhon's the worst somehow. Maybe. Yep. Like it, it makes no sense. Yeah, the fact that there are Warbeasts in, in competition with Golab, one of the most insane Warbeasts ever printed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's Golab or it's Zuriel, and I personally lean to Zuriel, but. I value med eight a lot. Yeah. yeah. They each bring different tools. Like they're, they're very yeah. different Warbies. Um, Golab, he's in two different themes, which is amazing. And he brings his entropic aura, but anyway, we're getting like, I'm getting into freaking character beasts when we should be talking about Bethane's. <laughs> Bethane is legit. They're both legit. I, I'm not as big a fan of Bethane too. Like that's documented. So I'm not going to get into it, but <laughs> The Bethane one changes. I'm I'm super happy with. She's awesome. So, what would you look for to win a Legion mirror? Now, assuming you're not just playing exactly the same list into each other. Oh um, god! All right. So, so here's my proposition. I think the player in the Legion mirror who has a Naga Night Lurker probably wins. That I believe actually. <laughs> I think that's a big that, enough deal. Plus two armor. No, so it's the plus uh, two armor, it's and it's Bane, also right? the D cell. Yeah, it's got Wraithbane. So it's yeah. so the the Blight Archon handing out plus two armor and being able to ignore it, being able to ignore D cell, being able to um, oh, do all those things. Yeah. So yeah, if you're like playing into Bethane one and you've got your own Archangel and it's you've got a Naga, you're probably gonna win. <laughs> I mean, that's bold, but it's a good start. That's uh, see, Art- I. I... I both love and hate the mirror, right? Because the mirror is one of those few games, in my opinion, where like it almost completely comes down to choice and skill because you should know everything your opponent's army does as well as your own because you have all of the same things. Mm-hmm. So like, there's no information advantage. It's not like, oh man, what does that thing do? Like, You should know. You're going to be able to look at it and be like, ah, oh, yes, I see exactly what is going on here. Did I tell you about my first, first tournament I brought minions to? No. So first minion, first turn I brought minions to, um, I was playing Rask, and I play into a minion mirror in my first game. Um, and I start pulling out ambushers, and my opponent had been playing minions for I think a couple years at that point. It's like, what do those models do? 
<laughs> so sometimes there is an information deficit. Right, that, that's fair. <laughs> Most of the time there isn't. No and one's seen a banshee in, on the table. Grotesque uh, banshee. Grotesque banshee. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, uh, they yeah have... they, they're never on the table because they always fall over. Oh. But I'm... Oh. Um, um, so, I yeah. Mean, yeah, uh, it's, it's one of those... I love hate moments because like you I love it because of all those reasons, but I hate it for all of the same ones because it ends up becoming like if you're playing especially the same caster, it's just such a cagey like, all right, I can move exactly 0.3 inches in this direction and be okay, or 0.5 in this direction and be okay. And really, why am I moving at all? I should just stand still. And like it at least for me, I end up overthinking every single thing because it's like, oh, if I was doing, if I was playing into this, like I'd do A, B, and C, and therefore next turn could do this. And like, I'm like big brain six moves ahead in chess, except it's turn one, and then I've wasted thirty five minutes of my clock, and it's just awful. Yeah, actually, that's a that's an interesting point, and one that I think is actually pretty relevant is that in the mirror, more than anything else, I think being able to manage your time is really important because. It's easy to it's easier, I think, in a mirror match to get analysis paralysis than it is in even a normal game, just because you already know everything about the game on both sides. And so you can start thinking down the probability lines even farther than you normally would. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a so good, I, I think it's a good idea to have a plan if you go first and if you go second for each matchup, just because mm-hmm. you do know the matchup so well that you can spend that time ahead of time going, well, you know, how does it change if we're playing like a true mirror, like the same caster? And right. what, if, what if I'm going first? What do I have to do win? What if I'm going second? Well, that's actually really interesting is because I think, so like say you're actually playing the Bethane one mirror. I think there's some argument to be made that going second might be better because your threat ranges are good enough that you kind of force the other Bethane player not to come forward quite as far. And you can choose a side that has an actual defensive terrain setup for Zuriel and your Blight Archon, mm-hmm. which yeah. I think is probably really, really, really relevant. Um, the yeah. other thing that always seems to come up in the mirror is minor check choices will like make or break the game. So like mm. if you have a Naga versus a Bloodseer in a, you know, Beth One mirror, like that is eight points of difference. And if that's the only eight point difference, like that can still swing the game pretty heavily. Yeah. Uh, you're, you know, go, oh, I'm going to take Kralix as a rec option instead of a second Virtue Champion. Like, that can potentially swing the game because now you have access to uh, another death debuff and like it gets weird the little choices or like the one-off models that you're like ah well i play this thing and suddenly it completely messes your plan up for like how that should be played so what are a couple of those that you recommend we've talked about naga you just mentioned uh, kralix are there any others uh let's see uh grotesque assassin if you're playing in ravens uh because combo strike and grievous is actually very good um the stealth doesn't matter so much but a random sprinting solo with grievous can get a weird amount of work done in the mirror or just really mess up what you're trying to do here's a weird Uh, one asriel yeah he's immune to fire his name says immune immune to fire so your caster can be perfectly safe and I don't think his gun is fire typed, is it? It's it not. Is not. So it's continuous yeah, you've got, fire, normal type. Right. So you've got this this non typed, really hefty ranged weapon that you can throw out there. Um, and, and and Legion does not love high powered ranged weapons. Still, uh, I have, never will. 
Nope. Especially ones with Isla Sight that are boostable. Like, <laughs> no. Yeah, there, there's nothing sadder than getting Zuriel slammed into your own Blard Archon and dying very quickly <laughs> after the fact. Yep. That's terrible. Yep. So. Um, Okay. Yeah. <laughs> also, randomly, Callus 2 is a monster in the mirror because he can give his entire army immunity to fire. So, the, there's the other thing, too, right? Is it, you're looking at like uh, having Azrael on the list and being like, oh, yeah, my caster's immune to fire. Your caster is conditionally immune to fire. Same thing with mm-hmm. Callus 2. Like, if you're playing into Animag or uh, Beth but 1, Beth, yeah. Honest, or somebody manages to get Amok or the Black Frost Shard guy into the right position now, you can pretty quickly not be immune to fire anymore, and that is super relevant. Mm-hmm. That's true. I yeah. think all, all of that's true, but you have to keep in mind as well, like, this isn't Mark II Legion anymore. Um, we aren't as reliant on our fire guns as we used to be. We got a bit of that back with the Archangel and, like, the Zerial change and stuff, but, like, for the most part, we see a lot of untyped attacks from legion nowadays good point yeah that's true although you do see legionnaires again so it is kind of like mark ii okay that's true <laughs> legionnaires are awesome man they're, they're so, so good, good. <laughs> turns out it they're... just took battle driven to make them playable again who would have thought they need they need more vengeance type rules are there more that we can give them i don't know um... that's fiora four <laughs> What's what's the thing that the Archon has when it gets angry? Give him that. Swift, uh, oh, Righteous Fury? Yeah, that one. Yeah, fair enough. That'd be <laughs> interesting. Anyway, um, we have here in the show notes that we're going to maybe talk about Thyron and Gareth 1 after the CID, but I think we're running a little long for that. Um, so maybe maybe some other time when, when that CID is released and things have shaken out as, as they have. But I think... Um, that Rhett has always been a weird matchup for Legion and will probably continue to be a weird matchup for Legion. Yep. Trident suck. Yeah, at the moment, (laughs) prepare for. (laughs) Windmill slam the Trident button and see what happens. I still don't know how that plays out. Yeah. Yeah. And also Gareth, too, does a ton of work by himself. Yep. Yeah. It's an interesting game. was a really good addition there. On Gareth 1, yeah. Yeah. I love Gareth 1 now. He's so cool. Mm-hmm. Do, we want, right. do we want to get into Ryan's Bethane one list before we? Oh yeah, let's do that. Let's uh, let's do that, Ryan. Why don't you uh, why don't you tell us what your Bethane one list is, and we can talk about it. Sure. Uh, so it is obviously Bethane one because you know that's how that do. Uh, with an Archangel, she comes stock with Belphegor because he real good. Uh, it's got a Naga because Naga also real good. Uh, Blade Archon with Zuriel and a Mechano Shredder. Uh, two Virtue Champs and Yasilla, all his rec options. Uh, two Virtue Hosts, and the Black Frost Shard. And this is in Children of the Dragon, if that was not obvious for some reason. Yep. I, I have played this list a fair bit, and it is awesome. I, oh, I, I like it a lot. I like that you got almost every tech piece we talked about. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I come prepared for every occasion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this is, this is, Brett, this is your favorite kind of list. It's a gun line that is Way better in melee. Yeah. <laughs> Gun line that'll beat the hell out of you. Yeah. Yep. A list that forces your opponent to make mistakes. It's my favorite yep. kind. Yeah. yeah. One of, one of my sure friends is always talking about he's he hates when he plays a list that makes his opponent plays play better. <laughs> yep. Yeah. 
It's a sweet list. Uh, a couple uh, things that I really like about it is you can cycle um, Bloodthorn between the Archangel and Zuriel every turn if you if you need to. Um, mm-hmm. And you can do the cute thing with the Archangel where you cast Bloodthorn on it and it activates and does stuff. And then the Blight Archon puts Draconic uh, Dragon's Blood on it. And then it's just arm 21 or 23 against guns. And you can do that every turn if you want to. So you're just getting maximal output out of that guy. Um, uh, the other the the other kind of fun one is you put Bloodthorn on the Archangel, or have it on there. Archangel goes, does his thing, puts Animus up. You swap Bloodthorn onto Zuriel. Zuriel goes mm. and does his thing, and now he's Matt 8, POW 18 in melee, firing off POW 16 sprays for some yep. reason. <laughs> that both corrode and light on fire. Yeah. It's a insane amount of damage when you start looking at it. Yeah. So, and then the Virtue Hosts are very, very good anti-infantry pieces, of course. And then when you apply Kiss of Lilith and Disintegrate and Bloodthorn, if needed, they will tear a heavy into pieces. Ah, see, that answered my question. I was about to ask about, well, so doesn't this seem like you're relying on two heavy or two beasts to do all your work? No, no. you've got the Virtue Hosts, too. Yeah, because... Yeah, Virtue hosts like, auto boosted do a, a good amount of work, and then the champions, even if you don't cycle Bloodthorn onto them, they start at boosted pow mat eight pow fourteens. If you disintegrate the thing, they're now sixteens. You get kiss that they're now eighteen. So like these random combat solos that are just wreck options are mat eight three dice to hit pow eighteen three dice damage twice. Yeah, they, they also, had, they're also excellent at defending your important pieces. Yeah. yeah. I've had two Virtue Champions, one round Juggernaut chassis multiple, multiple times now without charging because they don't have to. So I had a Virtue Champion walk up to Haley 2 Camping 2 and just go, cool, I need to roll an 8 and you're dead. Yep. That's it. (laughs) I love how Isilla is the least interesting part of this list, despite being a total baller. She is, yeah. Um... Like, Isil is part of the reason why the Flame and the Darkness matchup for this particular list, I think, is pretty one-sided most of the time. Because between that and the Caustic Presence on the Champion, you just fire off these two four-inch AoEs of, oh, all those single-wound infantry are dead. And it's really hard to block it off, because even if they're spell immune, and I'm looking at you, Precursor Knights... You can target your own stuff, or you can target things behind them, or you can, you know, just, and they're four inch AoE, so they'll drift pretty good usually, and then you do it again. Yep. And that's on top of the eight scathers in the list that all cause continuous corrosion, and then drop a scather, so your vengeance moves are, if not useless, like super hard to get where you want them to, or use mm-hmm. them to extend that. Yeah, they have to be used to get around the scather rather than yep. forward. Which isn't always possible either. No. Um, and then, you know, feet turn becomes a, your Black Frost Shard is now Magic 7, 8 if they're near the Blight Archon, boosted, throwing out uh, either six aggressive spells or some combination of like ice cages, ice bolts, and whatever else they want to do. Yasilla's yeah. AoEs become POW 10 boosted Magic <laughs> 8 or 9 for some dumb reason. Seems good. Yep. And then Beth herself is just like, ah, I'm going to throw out boosted or double boosted disintegrations because why the hell not? Like, yeah. 
Let's do it. Then one will accidentally assassinate people under feet. Yep. And you're dead. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And it like you mentioned all the things the Black Frost Shard can do. But uh, the thing I think gets missed a lot is between Combat Caster and Battle Wizard. The Black Frost Shard under Bethane's feet is not that unlikely to just kill nine things. Yep. Yeah. Murder all the things. Yeah, it's... And especially because uh, that leader from the Blight Archon, like just casual Mat Eight, Magic Eight, boosted, mm-hmm. yep. yeah, it's oh, it's so good. There's a lot of things that just kind of casually die to that. I've sent them into like Shield Wall, Legion of Lost Souls before, and just went cool combat caster. We're gonna kiss first, throw out a couple mm-hmm. ice bolts. Why not? They charge, kill three more, and then just throw out three more ice bolts. I'm like. Cool. Yep. I've effectively neutered that entire unit and it no longer matters. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's a really sweet list and it pairs really well with a lot of things. It goes pretty well with Krissa. It goes pretty well with Beth 2. It goes pretty well with Animag. Um, you could probably pair it with Callus 1 if you want to be bored. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Don't hold back, Jane. Say what you really think. You're not wrong, but I'm still mad. He's boring, <laughs> but he's still really good. Yeah, I haven't played him. He's boring, <laughs> honestly. But yeah, no, I think I think it's just super dynamic. You get, and also, like side note, this list just looks so freaking cool on the table. You've got Zuriel, who's just one of the best looking models in the line. You got the Archangel, who is probably the best looking model in the line. And you know, Black Rushard look like sweet ninja dudes. Isila's got an awesome sculpt. The Blight Archon's got a fantastic profile. And also the Virtue um, Champions are there. And the Virtues and the Champions are there. Uh, although they, they do look much better in person, I will, okay. <laughs> I will yeah, say. They, yeah, they do. They're fine. They're fine. That's, um, that's all I have to say about them. Yep. <laughs> and I mean, even the Naga is a cool looking little thing. Right? Oh, the Naga I, looks I, awesome. Yeah, I like the Naga a lot. Yeah. So. But oh, that's the, the list. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the one other thing that I think is funny that I kind of want to point out here, because uh, a couple of people I've talked to and played against didn't realize it, is with uh, Mechano Shredder, your Archangel actually outthreats like Judicators to the point where if they want to shoot you, they're within range of you just charging and eating them. And With their is... regular rockets, right? Yeah. Yeah. So like that is just an oddly funny moment when somebody's like, I'm going to walk up and try and shoot your Clawful. It's like, you get one round, hope it works. <laughs> and then they start doing the math and go, oh no, I need to like stay away from this thing literally all game or it will just one round me. Ooh, this isn't great. Yeah. Archangels are awesome, guys. So dope. They're really good. Unless you can take away their flying, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then they're less dope, but you know. Oh well. Gotta take the good with the bad. It's fine. Yeah, for sure. Alrighty. Well, I think we're going to drop into our closing stuff here. Um, we'd like to give a huge thanks to everybody who supports us on Patreon. You guys are fantastic. Uh, you make these podcasts come out every week. You support War Machine University. You made Brawl Machine and Fallen Corvus into Blow Machine all happen. So thank you very much. And if you want to check that out, it's kind of our tip jar. You can find that at patreon.com slash LOS War Machine. Uh, also, thank you to Broken Egg Games and FigurePainters.com, who are our two sponsors. And if you go to the Broken Egg Games store, uh, you can use the code LOS5CODE, and you get 5% off your cart, except for, for the ta- uh, tabletop terrain world stuff, because that stuff is imported from 
Belgium or something, and it's insanely expensive. Um, so yeah, other than that, also, if you want to see what we're doing, you can check out our website, which is loswarmachine.com. You can also check out our Facebook page, which is line of sight or join our discord, which is in our show notes. Or, uh, is there any other way to say what we're doing? I don't think so. Um, I'm not going to say Twitter stuff because I don't care about Twitter, uh, but you can find us on Facebook. Uh, line of sight is our Facebook page, as I mentioned, or you can message any of us there. We've got a discord. We've got our email, which is LOS at gmail.com because LOS war machine was taken for some reason. Oh, um, stab somebody. Yeah. I don't know, man. And, uh, and then, uh, what do you guys have, uh, things you'd like to plug real fast before we close this down? How's that Twitter going, Ryan? Uh, I haven't looked at it in literally like six months. It exists, but I have no idea what's going on with that anymore. Could be hacked. We don't know. We don't do Twitter either. Yeah, it's not important. I tried it, and it was very now. Uh, yeah. Catch out our our podcast uh, available via line of sight. Whenever we do the next one, hopefully next week, maybe possibly. I don't know. Yeah, things are weird. We, yeah, if it, maybe if, but we will have to. We're gonna mention it here. Uh, correction about our last podcast. Uh, we said you could reduce the cost of diesel by channeling through Belfagor, which is not true. <laughs> you can't do that because it's range control, not range self. Cutter was just a little mistaken, but you know, whatever, it happens, right? Okay. Could have been, could have been sweet though. That uh, raised so many more problems than it solved. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. But yeah, no, we do a show. We do a show whenever we can, but. For me, it's kind of hard uh, to get motivated because I just haven't played since lockdown started. Like my last games were like OTC, basically. So yeah, it's rough. Pandemic is pandemic is hard. Yep. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, you can find us on uh, Discord. We're pretty constantly on there. Uh, we have a Facebook page. Feel free to message us with love, complaints, hate mail. I, I still haven't gotten hate mail despite being like a public ish figure for three years and it's weird. So somebody oh, wants it's to not come. fun though. It's not fun. I mean, I, I thrive on the hate. So, all right, well, fair enough. Please do. If you ever get any and you just want to forward it to me and I can pretend it's to me, like that's fine. <laughs> he accepts secondhand hate mail. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Desperate. Uh, yeah, topic suggestions, if you have them for Blightbringers, something you'd want to hear about, uh, definitely send that to us as well. Like, We're always looking for something to talk about, and if if you have a great idea, let us know. Like, I'm sure we'll find a way to talk about that for like an hour or so. Yeah, yeah or you can let here. us... Yeah, <laughs> sure. You can also let us know, and we can pass it on if, uh, for some reason, the person listening to the Line of Sight podcast has an easier time messaging Line of Sight. Um, Make sure to address it to... Chandler and pretend that you're speaking to Jaden. Oh no. <laughs> oh why? <laughs> why? <sighs> All right. Well, uh on that note, I think we're gonna close episode 153 down. Thank you so much, Tyrone and Ryan, for coming on. This has been fun. And we'll have to do it again sometime. Yeah, thank you for having us. Um it's been a great time. It's been great to be online at site. And yeah, well, I look forward to talking to you guys under hopefully better circumstances with the, if, if I actually get a game in, that'd be nice. That'd be sweet. At everything right. but with a slightly snarkier tone. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, everybody. <laughs> Thanks so much. We'll see you next week and uh, talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Adios.
Bye, güey.